You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. If I said the following dates to you, I wonder if you'd know what they had in common. The dates are 1859, 1904, and 1949. A revival started on the island of Lewis and spread to the other islands in the Hebrides. Numbers here are less definite, but certainly probably many thousands. And according to one record, at least 75% of those who were converted did so before they came near a church. And many Christians have asked the question, so when is God going to work in revival power in the United Kingdom once again? There have certainly been mighty moves of God within local churches, times of enormous blessing, And Christians in the UK have been touched by other moves of God in other countries. But most would say that we still await the kind of revival not known since those days on the Isle of Lewis. Well, I'm joined by a man who longs that revival might come once again to these shores, and who indeed has done so from his teenage years. His name is Malcolm MacDonald. He's written a book urging Christians to seek God for personal revival and call on him again to do it what he's done in former years. The book is entitled Saturated by God, A Cry for Nation-Changing Revival. Malcolm is the vicar of St. Mary's Loughton in Essex and a frequent speaker at New Wine events. So welcome, Malcolm, to the Leadership Show. Thank you. It's lovely to join you. Um, As I hinted in my introduction, you've had an interest in revival for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, since my teenage years, I'm in, I'm well into my 40s now. <laughs> so for well over 30 years uh, that I've read and st- studied and longed for and prayed for revival. Um, it's often, I think, really, as a teenager, really, I, 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 um, I was impacted quite significantly by hearing the testimonies of people from the Hebrides revival. Uh, I'm from Scotland originally. I'm actually from the Hebrides originally, from the inner Hebrides. Um, and uh, my parents were part of the faith mission, which was what Duncan Campbell, he worked for the faith mission when he was doing, when he was part of the Hebrides revival. So I kind of, from a young age, you know, moved in circles that we we thought about this, we prayed for it, we spoke about it, and we met people who had experienced that revival and 
when you meet someone who has experienced what they've experienced, someone said to me, it was like we've lived in two worlds. Um, another person said it was like Jesus came to stay in the village. Um, and just hearing those accounts firsthand from them and then reading, um, you know, uh, I've always loved to read. Uh, I remember reading Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill or Great Revivals by Colin Whitaker or some of these classics um, on, on Brian Edwards' you know, re uh, book on revival. Uh, classic books on revival that make you realize the church that we are currently experiencing can be so much more. And also God can do so much more in our communities. So, so I have been thinking on this for many many years and still never experienced it but feel uh you know extraordinarily um longing for that move of god to come malcolm we need to talk about definitions of course um uh, there's uh, the word revival is used in all sorts of ways in christendom uh, the u.s deep south used to have revivals you know every year <laughs> kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, come to our revival yeah. um yeah the title of your book of course was taken from indeed uh, Donald Cam Duncan Campbell, who God had used um, in the start of revival, he would say revival came before him, of course. Um, yeah, of course. But um, how would you define revival? Oh, well, I completely agree with you. The kind of revival I'm speaking about is not just a bit of enthusiasm or just uh, some great meetings in church, etc. You know, Amer our American friends tend to kind of call you know think of revival a little bit differently for me revival is a sovereign move of god among it's a grassroots move as well you know it's where uh, arthur wallace puts it beautifully and simply he just said god came um when god moves in power and that touches the church yes but it also spreads out into the community so we've seen beautiful moves of god refreshing the church and renewing the church but staying in the church and for me revival it it, it bursts out into the community the presence of god the power of god the gospel um, and the ministry of the spirit flows out so that you know hundreds thousands of people become christians and society is transformed and touched by the gospel so we haven't seen that kind of revival for a long time in the UK. Um, but that is what I'm talking about, much more gospel-centered, um, uh, prayer-initiated, but a grassroots move. It's not so much about who's speaking or who the preacher is. It's much more a sense God is at work, God is moving. Uh, and that's why you were right at the beginning. You know, you said many people who were converted in the Lewis revival it, they hadn't even got to church yet, but the Spirit of God came to them in their homes, on the roadsides, in the workplace, and they were transformed by a sovereign move of God. So that's, and, that's and that, what I'm going to say. That was similar to the Welsh Revival, of course, where yeah. there were similar accounts of miners um, being convicted, um, yeah. you know, changing their behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. In, in, uh, in, Northern Ireland in the last great national move of God to touch the four corners of the UK, uh, 1859, when the one million people were became Christians in that one year. They called it the year of grace. 
And in Northern Ireland that year, judges were presented with white gloves because there were no cases to try in the courts because God had moved so powerfully, crime just vanished. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? Absolutely wonderful, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Malcolm, you wrote a piece for Prema Christianity and um, I encourage uh, listeners to go to the Prema Christianity website and read it. Uh, why has revival not come to the UK? Um, and you used a phrase, uh, a dehydrated church has no answer for a parched land, which is uh, obviously the water metaphor is very abundant uh, throughout the book. Um, and you describe a church that's generally pretty moribund. You've all, you've hinted at it already in my, 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 my conversation with you. What concerns you most, Malcolm? Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I love the church. Um, always have. I've been, I've been ordained 18 years. I'm not cynical about the church. I, I love the church because the church is the people of God. The church is the, the bride of Christ, but we are not, we're not living in the fullness of what we could be. And that's actually what makes it more painful in a way. Uh, I find it quite hard. I find it quite painful to write the first part of my book because you're absolutely right. You know, it says, um, you know, about a dehydrated church not being able to reach the parched land. And we saw this during the pandemic in many ways where the church was did, did a lot of great things. And I, I applaud all the good things the church did. But nationally, the church was pretty much set aside uh not really not really uh part at the heart of um the need in the nation at that time um and so our our world is is careering towards destruction at an ever increasing pace and i'm you know i feel so sad that rather than the church being bright and a, a solid witness and a loving witness um often the church has actually um, you know just mimicked the world and um rather than being a witness to it we've 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 really um we've compromised in so many ways and we've become lukewarm and uh, i'm a church of england minister and uh, we're, we're in a big mess at the moment as well on issues of sexuality and and uh, issues of um, what it means to be human even so i think um, the church that I long for is one that it loves grace and truth, but we are we're not as a church. There's a lot of compromise. There's a lot of dryness. There's not a lot of there's not as much prayer as I would love to see, um, because prayer always precedes a, re a revival. Um, and wherever I go, and you know, church the prayer meeting is always the smallest meeting in the church, um, and I I feel like. We, we love when people pray, but if only people would catch a vision for what God can do when people pray, um, you know, where it comes to holiness. These are these these are the things. And for, for me, holiness isn't about, you know, rules, regulations, legalism and all that. Holiness is something beautiful and bright and glorious, connecting us to the Lord Jesus, calling us to live wholeheartedly for him. Um you know, there's so much consumerism, so much ideology, so much um, uh, of the world that has really captivated the church and captured it. And I, I'm, that grieves me because I think the gospel, only the gospel has what it takes to reach uh, the lost world. And our world is deeply lost. Uh, and none, you know, whether it's politics or science or humanism or none of these things, can really answer the core need of the church, of the world, which is lost without God 
it's the church that carries the charism of the gospel that we need to to um to recover to hydrate spiritually again um, yeah. uh, malcolm the book is a, a challenging and at times uncomfortable read uh, and certainly not written from a vicar or a church that's saying we've got it sorted do it this way uh, but that said you are seeking more of god and you do hint at different times at how the lord has led you um it might be encouraging to hear uh, aspects of, of of where you can be encouraged in in your own fellowship yeah uh, i think a lot of people are calling out to god for a, a fresh move of the holy spirit we're not it's not entirely um uh, entirely a desert <laughs> you know there is a, there there are prayer movements going on there are good things happening i think people the more that the the more that people see the need uh today and and i see this up and down you know speaking it differently then around there is a hunger there is a thirst and that's what encourages me um you know i remember speaking at new wine not long ago and people just on their faces crying out to god for a fresh move of the holy spirit the that those prayers are going to be answered. God is God is going to move. I'm I'm really sure of that, but we don't know when. I believe in this, the revival comes in a sovereign move of God, but it's also our responsibility to pray for it and to to live in a way that would attract that revival. But uh, there are encouragements uh, going on, and um, yeah, it's mainly in the realm of prayer as people catch that vision to pray that I feel, I do feel encouraged. It doesn't take, you know, it, 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 we see this throughout the history with revivals. There's always a spark somewhere that, that gets the fire going. And uh, I believe there's lots of, there's lots of um, sparks that are flying at the moment in the best possible way. And I'm sure they're going to catch and we're going to see something happen. Your answer's kind of um, taken me to my next question, or I partly answered it, really. Uh, and that is, you know, that there is a revival of sovereign work, but there's also stuff we can do. Uh, and your book very helpfully looks at the areas that individuals can um, look to God for and, and, and things that they can do. Uh, any that you would particularly emphasise? Yeah, um, I think, uh, I think, what I would want to emphasize in terms of seeking God for revival, I think is it goes back to that place of holiness where we seek God and seeking to live a holy life before the Lord. Uh, is, I think that's what you're asking me. Is it books you're asking me about? or is No, it particularly. Just, I was uh, thinking about um, disciplines or yeah. approaches or. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely that place of prayer, that place of um, hungering for holiness, that place for really loving, growing in that discipline of loving one another and sharing the gospel and encountering God. Um, I would definitely encourage us to grow in the place of prayer. Um, I meet so many Christians who, for one reason or another, just through over-complex lives, I think a lot of us are just feeling overwhelmed, tired, super complicated lives. And we need to draw back into that place of intimacy and prayer and intercession and giving God space and time to move. Um, so I really would encourage us to grow in the devotional disciplines, really, of encountering God and living for the kingdom. Um, yeah, those, those are probably things. I, I think for me, um, everything needs to center around Jesus and 
you know, someone said, you know, when we start to focus on revival, we get disappointed. But when we focus on Jesus, we get revival. And I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know, we need to bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of Christ crucified, uh, the, the, the loving people, the preaching of the word, the simple ancient paths that we've often forgotten in the church. Where sometimes we, in all our longing to be creative and all our longing to be innovative, sometimes we miss the, the basics, the ancient paths of prayer, gospel, um, loving one another, uh, not being ashamed to speak about Jesus to people. All, all these simple and often forgotten truths are actually, I think, the most powerful. Yeah, Malcolm, you're... I'm sure familiar with those voices in within the church who say, well, you know, revival is very infrequent. We've just listed three in the last uh, several hundred years. Um, and, and really, um, you know, why are we looking for this now? Um, mm. And it's, it's been said again, that um, the biggest critic of the works of God are often the ones who are part of the previous work of God. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm. and I just wonder uh, how you, kind of encounter people who are skeptics about revival christians who are skeptics about revival you must have come across those mm. yeah i think um because none of us have seen this it's actually quite hard to get hold of yes and i do understand that um uh, often people haven't really read the histories of the church that are about this we're well aware of the history of the church that's uh, not good rather than the history of the church that's actually really powerful <laughs> really glorious um so we don't know and and um because revival is in the sovereign hand of god we can't manufacture it we can't hype it up we can't make it up so none of us really know and i i, I do i share people's uh you know it's not it's not easy when you uh, i I would often speak at something like New Wine on revival and come back year after year and thinking, well, still we haven't had that move of God <laughs> we spoke about last year. And I do understand the frustration. I'm fed up as well of hearing prophecy about revival and it never coming. And that's part of what fueled my desire to be honest in this book rather than rather than just be um um rather than just say, oh, don't worry, it's all going to be fine, revival's coming. I'd almost prefer to be honest and say, well, it's not here yet, but we do know what God has said, how how we could obtain revival. Charles Finney said revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. You know, you, you sow in prayer and you will reap uh, in power, but it hasn't yet come on the scale that we long to see. Um, so I'm left as a local church leader. Um, I... I think, and, and the third part of the book is about how we can learn to live in a way that is like a revival lifestyle, I suppose, seeking to live with those values of revival and the kingdom of God and, and the power of the spirit in mind, just try and live like that anyway. <laughs> but it's not the same. It isn't the same as seeing God, because my heart aches, you know, when I walk down my high road, the high street near where I live, that's that's what I long to see people coming to Christ. Uh, I I know that you know there's I think it's like one percent I heard recently of people in our district who are part of the church. 
And I, when I think of that 99%, I think no amount of alpha courses, no amount of friendship evangelism or innovative programs or, you know, you can come up with all the creative stuff you like, but that what's going to put a dent in that 99% of people who don't know the Lord? For me, um, there's nothing else I can imagine that's going to do it apart from something sovereign, something that the power of the Spirit we're breaking out in our community um, and it has happened. So I suppose I, I'm hugely optimistic, but I'm also honest at the same time. It's not happening, but it could happen. If it doesn't happen in my lifetime, well, I hope and pray that I'll sow some seeds in someone else that the spark will be lit in their life. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I was thinking um, uh, John Wesley uh had a book um, that he read called a, a, Ser- a devout a serious called a devout and holy life and uh, that was one of the books that sparked William, L- William Laws I think William Laws book yeah thank yeah and uh, I thought to myself well if I never see revival I hope somebody one day will pick up saturated with God and it might be the same thing for them <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> so you know we 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 hope and pray that something will happen <laughs> Malcolm, it's lovely to chat with you. Uh, having having looked at the book, and it did remind me of a book about Arthur Wallace, who was one of the mm. founders of the Restoration Movement, a forerunner mm. to the Charismatic Movement, of course. Mm. Nearing his death, he seemed heartbroken. He hadn't seen revival come mm. to Britain. And it, I have to say, reading that left me with a profound, profound sense of sadness because he'd mm-hmm. seen super things happening, in, you know, and he was something of a, a you know forefather to lots of good stuff. And I was just kind of, I, my heart went out to you really as the author mm-hmm. reading and just sensing your sadness, but hoping that I'd meet someone who was encouraged and you, you do seem to be. So that was, I, am, <laughs> I, am, I, I just hope, um, I, I hope that the book conveys both a sense of a high calling with some vulnerability. I recognize, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be in all of this mm. yet either. We, I lead a church that isn't in revival yet. Um, I'm on it. I want to be honest about that and not um, hype things up that aren't actually there. So I'm, I'm happy to be honest. I think it's okay to have the pain and the pain of of the grief of not seeing revival is actually part of the pathway to it. So without that, I think we'll all just think, oh, everything's fine. Um, and and much as I love the church we're not okay you know in the uk we're not okay we're not ready for a move of the spirit just yet so my hope is that we can make us we can be ready i keep thinking of that scripture you know the bride has made herself ready and you know we can come out of our compromise we can come back to our first love jesus and that there will be um a flood time of the holy spirit like robert Murray james spoke of and the, the the church will be hydrated again so that we can we can overflow living water, the, the living water of Jesus. So uh, I am both um, realistic, I hope, um, honest, I hope, but also prayer, prayerfully mindful that God is able. And my trust isn't in a movement. My trust is in Jesus. Um, and, you know, it's it's. We're his. We're his people. We're his church. He knows. He knows how to bring revival. God is able, and um, uh, I pray that 
God will find people through whom he can move. And uh, that's my that's my hope and prayer. But yeah, I'm not discouraged, but I am uh, realistic. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, um, yeah. the, the book again is uh, entitled Saturated by God, A Cry for Nation Change Revival. So I'm Obviously, we'd encourage people to to buy that. You've mentioned some books along the way, uh, and no doubt you did a bit of research in some of those. Are there other particular books that you'd also recommend to listeners? I definitely recommend the book by Colin and Mary Peckham, who've gone to be with the Lord now. And they, Mary Peckham was converted in the Hebrews revival. Hmm. They wrote a book called Sounds from Heaven, right. and that book is uh, eyewitness accounts of the Hebrews revival. So again, it's just. It's beautiful to read because there's no hyping. Uh, there's no bigging up something that's not actually real. It's eyewitness. You know, they're, they're not really prone to exaggeration in the Hebrides. <laughs> <laughs> um, and eyewitness accounts. I find I found that book extraordinarily um, uplifting and challenging. And, you know, it's a book like that I'd recommend. Definitely. Fabulous. Thank you. Well, Malcolm, it's a, a joy to chat with you. Thank you for... Um, exposing us to your thinking and your concern and your heart and uh, who knows maybe someone reading uh, or listening to this can uh, you know become the, the kind of person through whom revival comes either in their local area or wider mm. afield so thank you thank you thank you so much today i was talking with malcolm mcdonald the vicar of st mary's loughton in essex about his book saturated by god and his longing for revival and what we can do in our own lives to be the kind of people open to god to touch others not always comfortable to consider these things but always good to remember that all our efforts are nothing without god's energy leading and empowering us so that our five loaves and two fish can feed the multitudes so let's be in prayer for ourselves for our church the charity we're part of, the circle of friends, our family, our business area, that people may come under the gracious influence of God and be changed. So it's my joy and privilege to put these these uh, shows together every week and uh, look forward to you joining us once again very soon. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.